This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today, coming to us from the great state of Florida, the certified high-performance coach, Sean Huber. Sean, how are you? Doing great, man. How are you? I, I couldn't be better, and I'm, I'm actually intrigued by our conversation we're about to have, and I'm intrigued for a lot of different reasons. The first is you've been a coach for 15 years, and I know you have so many pearls of wisdom that I'm looking forward to actually learning from you, right? I'm, this is selfish on my side, where it's not every day I get to sit in front of someone that is established in the industry that is running at a, a high level, but maybe at a slow pace. And when I say slow pace, Sean, if you were going to give one piece of it, like one pearl of wisdom to a coach, a mentor, a consultant, someone's going to jump into this industry or even an entrepreneur, right? I know you coach a lot of high performance individuals. What would that one thing be right away that would change your life? And the craziest thing is it's not how much information you have. It's not what you know. It's that people need to hear about you and find you. And marketing is bigger than anything. I mean, this industry is full of a lot of people who aren't necessarily experts in their field, but because of their marketing, they've gotten tons of followers and made a lot of money. And my thing is I've been doing this longer than some of the big people online, but why are they making more money? It's just, I didn't get into the marketing as quickly in the last year. We put a lot of energy and effort and money into it, but marketing is a huge thing. The only way that people are going to benefit from your wisdom is you being able to get out there and explain it to them. Otherwise you're just holding it to yourself and you're not going to grow from it. That's so brilliant. And it's, that's actually one of the things that I, you know, coach my clients on friends, whatever you want to say. It's just the repetition of establishing yourself as an authority figure, right? And realizing, and that's backed up from someone as powerful as you. It's, it's nice to know that there's confirmation, like that I'm getting some confirmation bias right now, where it's, right, I believe in truly giving everything away possible because it establishes you as an authority, but in the same aspect, people don't inherently seem to take action on free stuff, right? So it's- right. It's true. I'll share over and over again, like here's kind of the secrets of the game, if you will, and not, I don't look at them as secrets, they're just things that picked up along the way. And people will message me like, that was so brilliant. I'm like, well, did you do anything with it? Well, no, it just, it was really nice to hear it. I'm like, what? Like, I, there's always a, a hurdle between application and understanding. And, and again, the free information we've seen that we've given it away and then put it together and charge for it. We get more results from the charged information and it's the same information. It's just perception and perception is reality to everything. Whatever, I mean, whatever you think you are, isn't real. It's what other people think you are. And that's, that's the scariest thing. And I've worked with so many other coaches who, when it comes to marketing, here's an easy example. There was a a buddy of mine was coaching this chiropractor and trying to build his business. And he said to him, Hey, what's your best thing you're known for? The guy goes adjustments. He goes, are you sure? So they did a free survey to all their customers. And that was, that was the number three thing on the list. The number one thing was time. And he's like, well, what do you mean by time? Your customers said when they get to your office, if their appointments at 12, you see them at 12. And if you're running late, you give them a call and you expect them to call you if they're running late and they will drive 15 to 20 minutes during their lunch break to know that they're going to be seen at their appointment. From that exact model, they built out 10 more locations. That's incredible. And that's all it takes is we may think certain things and that's assumptions, but the reality of it is if you want true feedback, it's getting people to answer questions that you want answers to. And like when I do my coaching sessions, I do an evaluation of myself and I do an evaluation 
up for the client too, because I want to know specifically how we've moved along. And most of the time, what you're remembering is a certain little snippet of information, but that isn't the whole conversation you were having. So if I look back three or four weeks ago, there's no freaking way I'm going to remember anything. So I'm going to look at where they were and be like, oh, great, they're moving along. Oh, I, I missed this. Because what people forget to realize, it's not just one thing. It's the improvement in the motivation in all areas of your life that's going to give you the overall picture, not just one area. And that's the one thing that why we created this company called Structured Freedom is people think, oh, freedom, it's relaxed, it's flowing. I'm like, no, there has to be structure to move that along so you don't get overwhelmed and feel like you're being lazy or lost. And so the more freedom, you, the more structure you have in your life, the more freedom you can create with your time and your energy and your effort. And you see the book, like the four hour work week and all that type of stuff. That's the same type of premise that how it works. Well, and Sean, I would love to know more about that. And I believe as you're listening, you probably are curious about the same, same, I'll call it construct where, you know, I'm a 35 year old man and in my entire adult life, it's been hustle, grind, work yourself to the bone, right? You got the Gary V's of the world that say, yeah, you're nine to five. And then you got another eight hours of work to do after that. And I actually I don't believe any of that to be true, right? Just certainly you have, you have time, but right. I found that to be the polar opposite of how I get the most success in my day. But you actually, this is like your bread and butter. This is a specialty in which you're incredibly elite at. So I'd love to know your thoughts on, I'll say time management or, right? How, yeah, how, I'll give you a perfect example of this. <clears throat> um, I would say now, 17 years ago, I started my, I was a massage therapist went to college for exercise science, didn't get into physical therapy school because I didn't have a 4.0 and I was white. So at the time they're like, listen, we got to hit some things. I'm like, great, whatever. Love massage therapy. Got into doing personal training because all my clients wanted to know like how to get in better shape. So it was just a real simple flow into that. So I was 31 years old in the best shape of my life, constantly grinding and hustling, getting up at five o'clock, working until eight, building this business with some partners just, you know, going out, doing the thing when you're younger. And I went in for some routine surgery. One of my clients, a friend also, big urologist. Um, we go in, it was December 19th, which is crazy, right? Yeah, basically right now. Yep. So I go in and I guess something happened. And I didn't know because I was out. And he walks, I'm waking up and he says to me, listen, there was a complication. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. He goes, um, you've got cancer. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we had to remove it. I'm like, okay, shit happens. What's next? And he looked at my wife at the time and goes, did he hear me? I said, man, the drugs aren't bothering me. I heard you. What? I can't do anything about this right now. Let's go figure it out. Right. So you get into crazy mode. It's like, Oh, we got it all. You'll be fine. I'm like, whatever. It was testicular cancer. So Christmas Eve, he gets me into the hospital. UNC, this is in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Most people, when you get a CT scan, you're like, how long? Is I, I found out in an hour after they did my CT scan, what my results were like, that's crazy to get it that quick. He goes, you'll be fine. I come out, I'm three C meaning I'm almost stage four cancer. Christmas Eve. I got to go to a Christmas party after this. So I was like, what's wrong? Like, oh, I'm not feeling too good. I think I got the flu. I, I didn't tell anyone until after January 1st because I didn't want to ruin anyone's Christmas because I couldn't do anything about it. 
So you become your greatest advocate. Now remember, I'm in crazy shape, like maybe 6% body fat, rip, like great. So we get on and try to figure out the best doctor. UNC, they're like, oh, we're gonna do this. My dad's like, nope, where you're going to see the best. I got Lance Armstrong's doctor, Larry Einhorn at University of Indiana. So they fly us out there, I see him, writes my protocol, he goes, listen, he goes, this is the strongest chemotherapy regimen you're ever gonna see. I'm gonna almost kill you, and then we're gonna bring you back to life. Just bear with me, it's gonna take four months. I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. The doctor that was giving me a hard time at UNC got fired because my clients were all huge players at the university hospital. Like the head of the hospital, the head of the department for urology, the head of the department for oncology. And this lady was giving me a hard time. They're like, yeah, this is not going to work. So they let her go. So I go and get my regimen. Now, here's the crazy thing. For five days in a row, they run chemotherapy through your system through a vein or, or port. Here's the crazy thing. A normal drip runs at 150 milliliters per hour, right? They had to crank me up to 650 because it took eight hours straight. Eight hours of chemotherapy for five days in a row. It's insane. I lost 45 pounds, got to uh, get to know myself very quickly. And at that time, that actually created a rift between my wife at that time and myself because she couldn't deal with it. And it's it's fine. It actually worked out for its, its better thing. Lost the weight four months later, quote, cured, told never be able to have kids again. Fast forward a couple of years, meet my um, wife now. It's fun. Better when she was 19, I trained her brother. He became a professional baseball player. It was real cool. Got to work with him. So we started dating. She was 24 at the time. I was 34, 35. So my mom goes to me, did you tell her you can't have kids? I'm like, Jesus, I went on one date with her. Give me a break. So she knew this. And then we get married. It's great. And we're like, hey, let's see what we can do kid-wise. So I was on testosterone because when you lose a testicle, you don't build as much. So I had to come off of testosterone therapy. And if anyone knows, you're like a walking zombie. Testosterone isn't just for sexual function. It's for overall energy function. So I had to create a protocol because coffee was ripping my stomach up. So I went and looked online, looked at Ritalin and Adderall, went to my physician, said, hey, I'd like a prescription, the time release. She's like, I can't do this. You got to go to a psychiatrist. I'm like, what? So I go to the psychiatrist, tell her my whole thing. She's like, this is amazing. And we worked the whole protocol up. I got all these supplements, did all this mindset work. My wife gets pregnant. They told me 0% chance. So I call my parents up and go, hey, and we waited a couple weeks to make sure. We did seven tests to make sure. <laughs> like, there's no way, this is a miracle child. So I call my mom and dad and go, hey, you guys are gonna be grandparents again. They're like, did you get a new puppy? I'm like, are you shitting me? Really? <laughs> and then my grandfather, who is in his late 80s, goes, you sure it's not your roommates? I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> so, so that was the first big aha moment for me to realize that our mind has more to do with anything. So I realized, like, when someone tells you you can't do something, why do we listen to that? And I'm like... If I would have listened, I would have never tried to have children. 
And from that point on, I really dove into coaching and started using coaching with my personal training clients and the results, I was maybe, you know, 10 to 15% of people listen to you when you work with them. When I started coaching, I moved it up to 40 to 50% because it was their program. And back in the day, we're life coaches. We didn't have certain niches or whatever the heck, niches, whatever you want to call them. But my thing was, how do you get this out there? And people are like, what sport do you coach? I'm like, no, I'm a mindset, health and wellness, I guess this type of thing. And what it really came down to is you start to understand what motivates and drives an individual. The grind and hustle gave me cancer. It burned me out. It suppressed my immune system. So then you have to realize, okay, how can you do this better? So once my daughter was born, I'm like, I'm not getting up at five o'clock anymore and then going and working till eight. I'm going to miss her entire life. So my wife was was a school teacher and she's like, I'm not going, I don't want to go back to teaching. So I got her into coaching and this is going to sound crazy, but basically she had postpartum. And I said, either you're going to see a therapist or you're going to go into coaching. And she goes, I'll try the coaching. So I went through and got a certification with her again. And it opened up her eyes to a whole different world. Her first year, (laughs) she made $5,000. We struggled. Yeah. Spoke at 30 different places in less than 45 days. She was doing everything she thought she knew how to do. And the scariest thing, or not scary, but the the most wake-up call was she ran her card and it got declined for a $2.50 cup of coffee. And when you're living like that and I'm working, doing personal training, and I'm not, you know, I'm making good money, but we've got a house. We had a townhouse we're renting. um, You know, it was a investment property. We had a new baby on the way. She wasn't working. So you you start to scramble and you start to panic and panicking is your worst thing you can do. So this woman came on, she was, my wife is online and she saw this woman and she's like, I'm going to research her real quick. She applied to be an apprentice, meaning you're not getting paid for this. Well, that apprenticeship is what got her into coaching where when she did the apprenticeship, she was making 80,000 a year. And that was just a year later. So she went from 5,000 to 80,000, figured out the marketing, went and worked for this woman. They started paying her a hundred and something thousand dollars, which is, you know, good money, but not to when you see the amount of hours she put in. Mm-hmm. She basically ghost wrote every program for this high end coach, made them $6 million in one year. And I was doing some sales for them. I switched from personal training to coaching full time. But the craziest thing that people have to understand is I was seeing a thousand people through that door day and being talking. I moved to Santa Barbara. It's me on a kitchen table with a computer going, Hey, I'm going, it is the weirdest feeling in the world. So we went out to Santa Barbara, basically left. There's the first time she ever left her family. We get there and we realize that we can do this on our own. And we stayed there a year and a half, figured out our exit strategy to come to Florida. And we started kicking it full tilt and, both doing what we do. And the funny thing is she's the business side of structured freedom. I'm the mental side and the health side. So I help people with their burnout and all that and their high performance where she puts in the structures and the things that they need to do to execute, to get them clients or at least noticed then to convert those people, the likes, whatever into paying clients. And we've really had a great time doing it and we're exceptionally authentic in how we do it. Yeah, I love that. What an incredible story. 
And, and Sean, as you, as you brought up the cancer side of things, right, obviously that's not so incredible, but there's, it's a gift at the end of the day. I'm right. curious to know, right, not that I think you and I, I'll, just, I'll, sh- I'll share my story with you in case you don't know the pieces and parts, right? I, a skinny kid in high school, right, couldn't put on any weight, went to college my freshman year, found a meal plan, found that I could eat and eat and eat, you know, at the dining hall. And then I also found steroids, right? So I went from 180 pounds when I graduated high school to coming home after my freshman year at like 225, 230. It was magic, you know, a nice course of Diana ball with a little testosterone and poof, I'm the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man waddling around, right? It was, it was incredible for my ego and for the strength and for the build. But then as time progressed, right, I went down the bodybuilding round and just, it wasn't for me. It wasn't that it, let me rephrase that. Had I been better at it, it might've been for me. Like, I'll, I'll just be honest. I, I was a mid-tier, local-level guy that at 6'1", 6'2", the amount of muscle that I would have to pack on to compete with somebody that was 5'8", right. I would have had to be pretty heavy. But then as I've got into more, I call it life optimization, some would call it biohacking, some would call it reverting back to kind of our origin, and realizing that the majority of what I had been doing in my life up until the past two years had all been an inflammatory response-creating agent which if you look at, to me, in my, in my experience, my knowledge, you know, chronic inflammation is one of the key indicators for your likelihood to get cancer. Oh, yeah, it's huge. And so what happened with that, and this is interesting that you just brought this up, is that effect of cancer was from the inflammation, but the breakdown of my body started catching up to me too. So, you know, my daughter's a year and a half old. My buddy's like, let's do a Tough mutter race. I'm like, Sure. I'm not a running type of guy. I mean, I can run for three or four miles, but I wasn't speed. I was more strength. So we go do this tough mudder. We're in South Carolina. It's 45 degrees. I'm like, tell my wife, I don't know if I really want to do this. First obstacle is the ice plunge. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I come out like (gasps) by mile. Now this is a long race. It's 12 miles. I should have realized that that wasn't for me, but mile eight, they got these giant circular hay bales all lined up. You're supposed to, Run, dive over on the first one I get over. Second one, I'm just like, I'm beat, man. I'm like tight, cramping everywhere. I'm like, fuck it. I go try to run it. I jump over. And as I push off, I hear boom. And I'm like, what the hell? And I drop to the ground. I thought I got shot. I'm like, what is going on? I'm screaming bloody murder. Everyone, and I'm not kidding, 50 yards down, turned and looked. That's how loud this was. My quad tendon exploded off my leg. My kneecaps flipping up. And my muscles all went up like a window shade up my leg. I'm screaming in pain, hitting, you know, going into shock. Because of where it was located, there are a lot of um, special forces guys in this race, and my buddy was Delta too. They came over and they were medics, and they said, "Okay, we're going to help you out real quick." They locked my leg down, wrapped it up with a shirt. Medics came over. They drove me to this tent. There's 30,000 people at this race. My wife and my one and a half year old daughter there. So they find me, they take me to the local hospital, Podunk Nowhere. The guy's like, basically, dude, you're screwed. That's exactly how he said it. Call my buddy Jeff up, client of mine, orthopedic surgeon for the UNC football team. Like, Jeff, he's like, hold on, wait a minute, I'm in the locker room. They just beat their in-state rivalries, NC State. He steps out, he goes, we just want to go. Jeff, I blew my quad tendon. He goes, same thing the other doctor said, you're screwed. I'll get you set up Wednesday, get in here. That was Halloween. Okay. Three days later, I get there. They do the surgery. They forget to give me pain meds when I leave. 
Oh. My buddy was supposed to meet me at my house because I have seven stairs to go up to get into my house. Wasn't there. I am no painkiller. My knee has been split open, my cables drilled, all kinds of stuff. And I'm screaming bloody murder. And I've never felt this pain in my life. My wife gets, like, helps me into the house. I'm on crutches. I'm in a recliner screaming like you would believe. She goes to the pharmacy, gets my pills. My buddy's like trying to put pressure points on my foot so it can help me with the pain. I take these pills, pop them. This is what people don't understand. And I can understand why people become drug addicts. I went through, you ready for this? 150 Oxycontin in five days. That's what they told me to take. It was insane. I stopped. I was twitching, seeing stuff. I'm like, I can't do this. This stuff's insane. I stopped completely. I'm actually allergic to opioids, and I didn't know it. Thanks to us. So thank God, because then from there, I'm like, okay. I went back to work as a personal trainer less than 10 days. Full, like full cast. Took me six months to get full range of motion. I don't even think I have full range, but majority range of motion. By that doing that, it caused my opposite hip to wear out, which I always thought was my lower back. I go to see a specialist two years later. He's like, how are you walking? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you need a full hip replacement. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, let me explain something to you. Your back is compensating for your hip. You have no inward rotation. You should at least have 50 degrees. You don't even have five. He goes, now here's the thing that you're not understanding is that inflammation from your hip is also causing depression, anxiety. You have any of that? I'm like, uh, you know, don't want to admit to that, but you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't run around with my daughter. Um, he goes, it's affecting your heart too. Inflammation will affect everything. So the hustle and grind that I did and I stopped doing, or at least started to change, was still affecting me because of the damage I did to my body. So I came up with a detox program that I eliminated gluten from my diet and dairy and huge way of getting rid of inflammation. Then I got into hormones and watching how cortisol can actually cause a ton of inflammation after, excuse me, an injuries long-term, got into balancing hormones, got a huge into gut health, with um, you know probiotics, realizing that 90% of our serotonin is made in our stomach. Started doing a lot of research with that. That changed my life. Anxiety, depression went away. Um, I felt better, I had more energy. I slept better, I wasn't falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon. My inflammation throughout my body, my markers came down. My iron level was so high, they thought I had some like um, genetic disease. So I had to, you know, give blood, get all that situated. And I'm like, wow, this is a whole change of realizing that most of us are just below the threshold of us losing it. And we think that's okay. And the people I've worked with, they're like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm like, you are negative 100. You're only negative 80. I got to get you to zero. But I feel much better. I'm like, you do because your identity is in your pain. And now that your identity is gone, you don't know who you are and you think it's okay, but you're just getting started on the road to recovery. Because if you see the news, this is the crazy statistic. $300 billion a year lost because of stress in the workplace. And people don't realize that certain chemicals and foods, 
certain things they're doing to themselves, certain things that they're, they're engaging in are causing huge inflammation issues that are causing all these autoimmune problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, IBS is basically all these autoimmunes are like, you didn't listen to us. Now we're going to throw you into this where you have to now take a break. And I've worked with so many people. I mean, the craziest cancer on the rise right now is stomach cancer. That's like, if you say, and here's what the thing is, psychologically, if you're thinking, I feel like I'm getting punched in the gut, that mindset will cause a certain disease. And this is my personal theory on this, but I've talked to many doctors who are like, there's so much truth to energy and thoughts are energy and the electronics around you. And, and people are like, well, what are you talking about? Like there's negative and positive ions. The negative ions, the ocean, it's waves, it's waterfalls, it's rain, it's, it's organic outdoor things. Your positive ions are your electronics, your lights, your sounds. And when you start to look at kids who have Asperger's or autism, they're very sensitive to all those positive ions, which are actually not good for them. Mm -hmm. So when you quiet things down and get people in nature, they become more relaxed. And I think we've been bombarded so much with people trying to separate us instead of realizing, like, I don't care what religious affiliation you are, what political affiliation you are. We all want the same thing eventually. And that's to feel loved, to feel secure and to feel happy because you can't do anything else. Like without that, you have nothing and you're just running and constantly. The hardest thing is when, when you lose your identity with all those stressful things, you have to figure out who you are, not what you do. And so that's really why I got into coaching is helping people really find, like, I don't care how much money my, my, my clients have money. My clients have the houses, the cars, they have crappy relationships with their family. They have crappy health. And I'm like, you can't buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what really I got into it is, you know, I can't work with people who need it anymore. I can only work with people who want it because when I was a trainer, I wanted it so much more than my clients did for them. And it would irritate me like, Oh, just do this. And just, and, and I think that's what happens with social media is we're trying to tell people stuff. I'm like, I'm not trying to tell people things. I'll invite them for a conversation. I'll, I'll try to help them in any way possible if they want it. But otherwise I keep quiet. I don't comment on, political stuff, but I will bring up facts and facts are facts and, and people, Oh, you're with this. I'm like, no, I'm actually not with any party. I just want to bring to your awareness that how is this helping you as a person? And if not, why are you doing it? Well, I, I love all of this, Sean, because something that I'm, as I look at the optimization of the human experience, it seems like you and I, right, you, you certainly have a, a deeper um, breadth of knowledge than I have and more scientific backing to it. When I look at, just my hypothesis, if you will, right? We've evolved so quickly as human beings in our ecosystem, right? As far as technology and ease of ease of life, but the physiology of our body hasn't caught up to that, right? So when you talk about grounding yourself, right? Going outside and walk around barefoot, like there's a, there's an actual reason when you walk, I mean, you live down in Florida, so you get to experience it way more than I do in Ohio, but like walking on the beach barefoot, I don't know any person says like, that's miserable. I don't feel better when I walk on the beach barefoot. Everybody's, there's no, a common no. effect. There's a, there's a serene effect. And then same thing when it talk, comes to food and what we put in our body, right? I, I do personally believe in some of uh, Dr. Damo's work, right? With eating for your blood type, just a, a little bit on the basis of 
right? I'm an O positive blood type. That's caveman-esque, right? So if I can't pick it out of the ground or pull it off a tree or kill it with a spear, I pretty much shouldn't eat it. And the minute I do, I can't take my ring off anymore, right? right my stomach exactly. sticks out and it's like, okay, whether he's right or wrong or there's signs to back it up or not, I feel worse when I have anything that's processed. So I stay away from processed stuff. Like it's, we've almost overcomplicated the simplicity that it should be to be a human being. Well, because we've taken this technology and we've been able to simplify a lot of things by doing so that should have freed up time, but instead we just didn't use it for us. We just compounded it to make it worse. I mean, you look over in Europe and I, my wife took me on a trip over to Europe and we went to Italy and I could eat bread, I could eat pasta, and it didn't bother me. I'm going, well, is it gluten? I'm like, it's not. It's, it, and again, I'm not here to be conspiracy theorist, but I know chemicals screw up our bodies. I know it changes our hormones. So what, what I really found that was interesting is the work that I was doing to not only help myself, but to help other people. I'm like, okay, how is this really gonna impact people? So my buddy from high school, him and his brother, which is gonna sound crazy, were both Delta Force guys. They were brothers and I sat down and I talked to one of them and he goes, I remember when I lost my humanity. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, a bomb goes off. My brother heard it over the radio that we got hit and the people in my unit were splattered all over me. And he goes, and I ran into my room when I got back to clean up. And I just wanted to be home. I wanted to be home with my kids and my wife. And he goes, and then it just clicked. He goes, if I don't lock that out, that's going to get me killed. I need to go home. The only way to do that is to lock out all my emotion. Now that's PTSD for you. So his brother was one of the founding members to a group I work with now called Mission 22. It's a nonprofit. The 22 is disgusting what it stands for. 22 veterans commit suicide a day in the U.S. 22. And you're going, why? It's because these people, men and women, have been programmed to go into harm's way and to protect the United States. All people. Um, I don't care if they're in combat or if they're overseas or away from their families. There is a lot of stress of them not knowing what's going to happen to you. When they come back, everyone treats them, well, what's wrong? They have them on all kinds of medications. So Mission 22 came about because these guys cut out of the military and they had nowhere to go because they were the elite. Everyone thought they were fine. So they created a program, which is a holistic approach of balancing hormones and taking right supplements for gut health. And I was working with this nonprofit. I volunteer with them and I help them out. I speak at different areas and I use some coaching with it too. But I was also talking to a friend of mine who started this, you know, multi-level company. I'm like, you know, multi-level, whatever. But I got, they flew me out to their headquarters and I met him. And I know the president personally of it. I met the owner. His story was amazing about how all the money he had in the world and he still wasn't happy and he was stressed out. He was on drugs. He sold his company and wanted to invest in something to help humanity. So he started this company and it all centers around gut health and overall well-being. It's the first company to work with people who with depression. 
So I, I, I got the CEO of Mission 22, and I said, hey, we were at an event, Jeep Beach. I don't know if you're into Jeeps, but in, in Daytona, is 35,000 Jeeps, man. And we have a blast, and we do a lot of fundraising at it and create awareness for Mission 22. And I had my supplements with me. She's like, what do you got there? I said, well, this one's for energy if you want to try it. She's like, okay. She's like, this is interesting stuff. She looked at the ingredients from what I was taking to what we were offering our veterans. She's like, this, Sean, this stuff is great. We don't, we could give this to the veterans and not have to have all of them go through the year long program. So I created a synergistic like company A and company B and said, guys, you got to talk. And I let it go. Well, they created an amazing partnership and every, and all these people started calling me from the network marketing side. How'd you get in with them? How'd you get in with them? I'm like, I didn't get in with them. I had a relationship. I build relationships with people. I don't see what I can get from them. I see what I can give them. And my wife always was like, how's this going to pan out? Because, you know, you're constantly giving your time and your energy and your effort. I said, but I give it to people who deserve it now. And so that's the reason why I believe I was put on this planet is to connect like-minded people together, to make a bigger impact in this world, and to realize that there's so many people who have PTSD who weren't in the military, our first responders, any doctors, anyone who's been in tragic situations because a car accident could happen and you and I and two or three other people could see it and it affects us all differently. Is it right or wrong how it affects us? No, it has to do with what kind of stress we're under when we get that thing to hit us because that could be the one component that pushes us over the edge. So that's the thing is it's not did that little slight argument why you yelled at your wife or your partner, was that the cause? No, it was the accumulation of all the stress throughout your day. And so what we've created in our company is called Daily Disciplines. And basically it's, where are your keys? Where's your wallet? Because, I mean, people get stressed out when they can't find their keys, can't find their wallet, or they're on the toilet and they're like, damn it, I'm out of toilet paper, now what? Like, these are funny things, but the accumulation of that kind of stress over a complete day will pop you at the end of the day. So. I do some release techniques for some quick meditation. How do you want to show up when you're about to walk into your house after work? Don't be the boss, be the dad, be the husband, be the mom, be the wife. Like that's the kind of thing where we have to check ourselves to realize how are we walking in with our energy into a situation so we can be received and give instead of coming in with that because people do feel it. Oh, absolutely. And crazy. I'm curious, right, in, in your work with the nonprofit and right, PTSD and how that looks, I happen to be connected to some of the team from MAPS and some of the team that is, is looking at psilocybin and MDMA and some of the things that way for clinical treatment. And I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate of microdosing, right? Like for, for me, microdosing psilocybin has completely changed the way that I show up and talk to myself in my mind, right? I'll smooth over some of those neural pathways that were maybe not so self-serving. At more, more specifically, massively self-defeating, right? Where now it's like, yeah, I just am who I am. And if you like it, great. And if not, that's okay too. I love you anyways. Have you started to, are any of the veterans connected to that? Is that part of a potential protocol? Is that something you guys have never considered so before? For us being a nonprofit, you got to be above board on everything. The only thing that we've been adding in is CBD. Mm -hmm. um, now, we also have other programs where people work with like service dogs, with horse therapy, with jujitsu, with CrossFit. So we stay in that lane, but being that I've been around a bunch of crazy things my entire life, 
I have friends who do ayahuasca retreats, who do um, sweat lodges, who are real Native American, Hawaiian shamans. Like people are like, how do you know all these crazy people? I'm like, well, back in the day, we were all crazy. Now you're all accepting the stuff that we did. Um, energy work, tapping, um, Reiki, all those things, if you want to break it down to a science, they are science. You and I, if you take an electromagnetic field tester, we put out three feet of electromagnetic field from our heart more so than our brain. And if you walk through my field, you and I will exchange energy. Now, that can disrupt or can pull each other together. You're like, oh, why don't I like that person? This is science. They, they showed it. They show how it works. So the collective consciousness, if you're into religion or spirituality, whatever it is, you've ever been to a sporting event. And this is the crazy thing about this. You're fighting for your team and rah, 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 but you're also yelling at the guy on the opposing team, which is a conflict of energy. You see the biggest fights break out and you're like, wait a minute, what do we have at stake here? We're just participating. No, we're not. We're spectators. That's all we are. But if you go to a concert, everyone's at the same level and same energy. It's like going to church. Everyone's at the same level while they're in there, but when they get out to get to the car, they're all trying to race to get to, I'm like, where did that go? And the reality of this energy is we are responsible. Like people talk about global warming and climate change. And I'm like, listen, climate change, yes, it's happening. But here's the influence I have, the three feet around me. I can pick up the trash. I can have positive energy. I can have positive conversations. So until everyone takes responsibility for themselves and what's around them, why are we looking big picture? Because that's never going to, we're never going to get there as a group of collective like-minded people until we start acting like a group of collective like-minded people. I don't care your skin color. I don't care your nationality. I don't care anything about you. We all have something in common. The thing is we put up a lot of walls and barriers to protect ourselves, but by doing so, we've also not allowed anyone in. And so my thing is, is reaching out to people and saying, hey, what are you passionate about? Tell me about this thing over here. And I met some, I met, I, I think he's from there. Um, the Golden Voice, do you remember that guy? Yeah, he's from Columbus, yeah. So I reached out to him and we actually had a conversation. And I was hooking him up with a buddy of mine, Chris Collins, who has an exotic car channel. And they, they, they started doing some work. But the crazy thing about him is he got taken advantage of over and over as he became popular and people ripped him off too. And so the thing is, why are we so fear-based living? The grind, the hustle is fear-based living. The reality of living is you gotta live it because it's temporary. How many, how, what's your legacy you're gonna leave behind? What are people gonna know you for? And that's where now our marketing is to get our message out there for our company to really help people like my wife runs a program called momentum that takes new coaches and shows them how to do it correctly without wasting a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Because we watch so many people just in like, I was told I need this. I totally need that. I'm like, why? I, I was at a conference getting a recertification and we're doing coaching and a guy goes, well, yeah, I was working with a coach. He said, I can only make a hundred thousand this year. I'm like, why is he limiting? You? Like, why? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, you can make that in a quarter. We've had people do that. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, all you have to do is get your information out there. It's like, I, I pick up my phone always and I go on it and I go to the app section. Like right now, if I go to my apps, I got 68 updates. Why? 
I just redid it two weeks ago because here's the thing. You get your app out and then you make the improvements and then you make the improvements. Quit trying to make everything perfect in life. Just put it out there, deal with the way it is, get response from your clients and people in general and improve it because that's all life is, is about improving and making it better and quit being complacent and, and being in the cage life like we learned is you don't understand where I'm coming from. No, I don't. I don't need to, but you can stay there if you like, or I can give you a solution to take yourself out of that. But that's up to you. Mm -hmm. Don't drown me trying to help you. Oh, I, I love it. I love what you stand for, Sean. I mean, it's, this is such a refreshing conversation because our, our paths are very parallel and our belief systems are very parallel. So, right. I, I as well help, you know, startup coaches, mentors, consultants, really, I look at get to that 84 grand a month and reoccurring revenue while they work less than 20 hours a week. Like kind of that, that magic million dollar year coaching practice where you're, that's top line, right? That's not retained earnings and another conversation for another time. But really until you get to, to me, 20 or $30,000 a month, you don't have to worry about paying for ads or fancy funnels or marketing or like you can do that just by being consistent, being who you are and just showing up and sharing your brilliance in the way that the right clients hear what you have to say and want to take a step closer. And so knowing that you've got such a long track record behind you of success, helping people do that is inspiring to me, right? Like this is, this is a whole different deal. So as I bring that up, Sean, who are your ideal clients, right? If someone's listening right now and they're like, man, Sean has the thing. I don't want to, I'm, I'm big on time management, right? So I don't want anybody to waste your time. Like who are your ideal clients inside your ecosystem? So, so the, the interesting thing is, it's anyone, it, it, reality, I mean, I could give a certain genre type of person, but it's anyone who's willing to invest in themselves who want to get better. Now, the real key is the executives, the CEOs, the entrepreneurs, the high-level coaches who are just, again, like we're saying, they're doing too much on their own. They're an operator. They're not an owner. Like when you, I work with a ton of people with, when they transfer careers, when they transfer relationships, they're changing that. I mean, huge things that people think, how is that impacting me? Well, think about when you get into an argument with someone you don't want to necessarily be in a relationship, how's that affecting your bottom line? It's huge. So it's how to change the way in which you're living to get the most out of it. And here's, I've worked with some Olympic athletes who won gold medals and they lost weight, became faster, stronger, were amazing. But the craziest person I ever worked with, it wasn't crazy. It was an 86 year old guy. And he came to me with his, his wife. They were retired. He could barely walk and move. And he shuffled. And I'm like, why do you look down? He goes, cause I don't want to trip. I'm like, why don't you trust your feet? So I put him on the ground and he goes, what are we doing in this training session? I'm like, I don't know. I got an hour waiting for you to get your ass off the ground. And he started panicking. Like almost like shaking. I said, what's wrong? Cause I can't get up. I said, that's the reason you're down there because you can get up. You just don't realize it. So I said, watch exactly what I do. I got on the ground with him. I said, you're not alone. There are thousands upon thousands of people who are, this is their fear, but their fears crippled them. The reality of it is all I want you to do is pivot like this put your knee down, put your hand on your knee and stand up. And I go, it's that easy. And he did it and he goes, Whew. so I learned, I earned his trust, but I showed him that he was capable of doing this. Then we got over to this riser. you know, a step is Reebok step type thing. And I put, yeah. a riser, put two risers on it. I said, now step up. He goes, I can't. 
And I knew he was in the military, right? He was ex-military. I said, are you sure about that? He's like, yep. And I, I mean, I just, this thing hit me. And I go, soldier. And he goes, boom, he stood up to attention like he's a soldier. I go, put that foot on that step and stand up, sir. And bam, he did it. I said, that's all you needed to remind yourself that you are that same person. You've just created so much fear. You forgot who you were. So for Christmas, I got him a soccer ball. <laughs> he got to play soccer with his grandchildren for the first time. Kick a ball around. He took a cruise, didn't been on a cruise for years because he was afraid of the stairs. Uh-huh. That is why I do what I do. Absolutely. I mean, Sean, I, I love it that it it's impactful enough that as you were listening, Sean's doing a pretty good job of fighting it back, but there's an emotional response that he is experiencing right now that is a true sign of passion and purpose to me, right? When you can bring yourself to tears expressing someone else's victory, I always look at that as you're just in your, you're in your perfect alignment, right? Like you're doing what you're supposed to do in the way you're supposed to be doing it. So I want to honor you for, for being vulnerable, but also sharing your brilliance with all of us. Like it's incredible. Well, that's, that's the thing is, is, I mean, you watch too many people suffer in this world because of themselves and they want to blame everyone else. And like you're suffering. Yes, there are victims that shit happens to them and we can't do anything about it. But the victim mentality has to go away for us to become a better society. Yes, there's things that happened in the past, but are they affecting you? I, as a coach, work from today forward. I'll talk about your past, but your past is irrelevant because if you didn't go through what you did, did go through, you wouldn't be here right now. If I wouldn't have had cancer, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing. I wouldn't have been with the wife I have. I wouldn't have the miracle child they told me I would never have. I wouldn't be impacting people's lives and making a difference if I didn't go through that crap. But as we're going through it, we sometimes get clouded and we can't see where we're going next. But the reality of it is you do it because it's the right thing to do and work through it. The people who aren't successful are the ones who say, oh, I'm going to go into this business. It seems easy. And like, oh, it didn't work. And they chase shiny objects constantly. They look for the bigger and the best thing. And the reality of it is, the successful athletes, the successful people in business do the basics every day because the basics is what everything stands on. Without that solid foundation, nothing can be built successfully. Like my body became beat up because I didn't recover. So my big thing now is I don't care how hard you train. Recovery is more important than the actual training. Like when you're talking about food, I would rather two individuals sit down with a hamburger and French fries and a Coke and have a meaningful conversation and enjoy the meal and watch your body digest that in such a way that it does no negative impact because you're not tense. So your stomach acids aren't up. I'd rather see that than someone going into a high end whole foods grocery store, getting something and eating in the car quickly and wondering why they have acid reflux. It's not the food. It's how we utilize it. It, That's the biggest thing that people are missing is it's taking your time and having conversations and not being such a rush. What are you in such a rush to do? It's always going to be there. And and it's time management. It's how you schedule your time out. Like to get on this podcast, you're like, hey, it's going to be a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, it's in my phone. My thing goes off. I know when to be here. I get here on time. I've got 
you know, coaching calls after this. I've got sales calls for a friend of mine who's doing their first live event in California. I'm helping them out with. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, help you so you become successful and you'll pay it back eventually. They're like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, I've got a couple hours. They're like, well, I said, yeah, I got people coming to town. I've got, you know, all kinds of stuff for Christmas going on. Am I busy? No, because I manage my time. And when I manage my time, my blood pressure is lower. I feel better. I gotta drink more water. I don't do a lot of caffeine. I'll do some green tea, but caffeine just gets me too wired. And I'm always trying to figure things out. Like I've done a a lot of research on microdosing and all these different things and, and how it helps. But the thing is people are so fearful of the unknown that they create this anxiety that isn't really there. Oh, absolutely. Why would you create this anxiety and not knowing? Like the, the biggest, so <laughs> my parents live in this amazing community called the Villages. Have you heard of it? I'm not. It's in Florida. You know what they're known for? There's 185,000, 55 and over people. Hey, guess what they're known for? I mean, it sounds bad, but like I would guess that's where people go to die. The highest STD rate in the nation. Really? They weren't born around STDs, AIDS, or any of that. And it was not relevant. They can't have kids. So they're just all having fun. Yeah. They'll drive golf carts. It's like they don't do anything except play golf. There's like 680 holes of golf. But you're going, that generation who is so conservative, the 65 and over group, they're having a blast. But at the same time, they don't know what's really going on in the world. And you're like, (laughs) but if we go up there and they got $85,000 golf carts riding around, man, people just drive golf. It it is the craziest, fun, cool thing to do. But that's what happens when you put those people together. They're retired. They don't have any care in the world. They've lived their life. Their grandkids come in. It's amazing. Like they have a, they have a club for everything. But people are like, well, you got to be rich to get there. I'm like, no. Value and wealth is what you create. The money allows you to do more of that. The thing is, you gotta enjoy the process and not the outcome. Because if you're not happy during the process, you're never gonna be happy once you reach the outcome. That's what people, once I get there, I'll be happy. I'm like, no, you gotta enjoy, enjoy the struggle in honor like i have a shirt that says honor the struggle on it enjoy the suck like you gotta find something like when i was going through cancer it it sucked but the protocol for that cancer was changed they started looking at supplements because they told me i was crazy they started looking at diets it changed the entire way in which they started treating cancer because i told them i'm doing it my way I have no scar tissue. They're like, you should have scar tissue. I have no scar tissue whatsoever. You don't know I had cancer. They don't know. So the thing is, sometimes when we're in the cutting edge in the front of a field, we don't look like, we look a little crazy, but the reality of it is, we're just not doubting our own intuition deep inside and we're not allowing the influence of people who haven't done it tell us not to do it. I've never met one person who's successful that said, what you're doing is stupid. But the people below us and next to us who have no authority are telling us what to do and how dumb we are for doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're going, why? 
because their fear is being projected onto you and you can't listen to it. So I, I don't tell people to leave your friends. I tell people to move to other areas where you want to find successful people. And that could be a seminar. That could be a retreat. That could be finding experts on a particular field of interest. That's getting out there and becoming active. If you want to speak, go to a rotary. If you want to do this, just you name it. There's free stuff on the internet all over the place. Just get involved in Facebook groups, whatever you want to do, but take the damn action. Like what you were talking about earlier, where you can give everyone the total blueprint of how to do something. You're like, so how'd it go? And they're like, oh, no, I haven't done it yet. You're like, what are you fearful of taking action for? Mm -hmm. That's all I did to start growing this business. I took action. So Sean, I want to, then I need to ask you right now. It's a perfect segue. How can someone take action to take a step closer to you, right? How do they get a hold of you? Where do they find you at? What's your, just lay it all out there. Where to find me right now is on Facebook, Sean Huber, um, or Structured Freedom for Entrepreneurs. That's where we're both at. Um, my new website's actually being built for me. That's separate than our other company, so that people can specifically work with me. Um, my email is structuredfreedom at gmail.com. It's real simple. And again, call me, send me a message. I follow up with everyone. You're talking to me, not some secretary or assistant. I believe in having all my conversations. That's just me. Um, and that's the best way to, to find me online. Otherwise, I mean, give my phone number out. But <laughs> So what I'll do is, Sean, I'll share everything you just shared. As you're listening, you can literally press pause on your device. It's going to be right in the show notes, all the contact ways to get a hold of Sean. It'll be one click, right? If you want to send him an email, you'll be able to click on his email address, maybe even join his Facebook group. There'll be a, a simple link there. I want to make it as easy as possible to step closer to the brilliance that is, that is Sean and everything you've shared today. Because Sean, I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly appreciative of the time we've got shared together. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on here because, I mean, I've watched you. This is a thing that I don't know how, how it works, but I follow certain people online and you popped up, man. I'm going, okay. And I reach out and people are like, these people won't talk to you. I'm like, everyone I've reached out to, we have conversations with because they're like, we try to sell me. I'm like, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I like your content. You've got some cool stuff going on. People are like, seriously? Because there are genuine people out there. They're not just always people out there trying to sell you stuff. But when you're in this field, you're a little hesitant sometimes and I get it. So as long as you're consistent with what you're doing, you probably jumped on, checked me out like, oh, this guy actually is who he is. We are exceptionally authentic when it comes to our business and we're very transparent. And that's what I want people to realize. Like, I'm not here to sell you anything you don't want or need. If you want it, great. But if you need it, I'm not for you. That's the big thing. I'm not for you if you need it. That's beautiful. Sean, thank you again so much for your time. And I, I couldn't be more appreciative. I look forward to what is inevitably going to be part two of this, this interview, right? Probably in a couple of months. I, I see myself down in South Florida doing one face to face. I'm, I'm intrigued to step a step, step, a step closer. Because we're going to do a live event coming up next year. Love for you to come down and be a part of it. We've got some amazing people we've contacted who are ready to rock this out and just show the world what it's all about is coming together and doing the right thing. Excellent. Thank you again, John. I appreciate it. You're welcome.